You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Hello, I'm Willie George. Welcome to the Faith Roots Podcast. If you're not a subscriber to our podcast, I hope you will consider that. But definitely do this. Hit that little thumbs up button at the bottom of your screen. The more that you do that, the more it helps us to get in front of more people. So I don't understand how all of this works. Listen, I barely know how to turn on the computer. So if you'll help me with that, just just hit that little thumbs up and it'll put us in front of more people. Trust me, that's what I'm told. All right, here we go. What God begins with a miracle and sustains with a miracle, he will end with a miracle. And uh, this is what Paul says in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. This verse perfectly sums up the idea behind the law of continuance, being confident of this very thing. How is Paul so confident? How can he say this with all certainty? It's because he knows the character of God. How does he know the character of God? Is this something that he feels? Is this something that he has reasoned? No, he has seen this in the written revelation of God's word. Being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. In other words, what God begins, he sustains, and he ends. And he ends it in the same manner that he begins it. He begins with a miracle, then he will sustain with a miracle, and he will end with a miracle. Now David understood the miraculous beginning of the covenant family. He knew he was a part of a very special group of people. Let me read to you from Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country from thy kindred, from thy father's house unto a land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless you, and I will curse him who curses you, and in you shall all of the families of the earth be blessed. Now that was God's idea. That wasn't Abraham calling himself to the land of Canaan. That was God calling him there. And when he got there, God immediately confirmed to him that he was in the right place, and that uh, this is where he is going to realize his destiny. And so the whole idea behind the move from Ur of the Chaldees to the land of Canaan, that was God's idea. God was perfectly just in doing it. Don't have time to explain all of that. Uh, You know, when I hear people say, well, you're taking this land that belonged to these people, there's no place on earth that wasn't occupied by somebody else before. It's very hypocritical to say that we've always owned this land. That's not true. Somebody else had it before you and somebody else before them. There have always been movements of people. But God said to Abraham, this particular land, I have given this to you. And so Abraham moved there at the behest of God, and God appeared to him and confirmed it. Uh, Genesis 12, 7, I'll read it to you. And the Lord appeared to Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there he builded an altar unto the Lord who appeared to him. Now, didn't happen right away. 
uh, Abraham wasn't in a place to take the land. He didn't have enough people to populate the land. There were other people in the land that God had to deal with. Some of them had not become so wicked as to be judged by God. God had to let them develop in their wickedness, and he did. And, and when they had become sufficiently wicked, God said, okay, now you can come back in and take this land. But God wouldn't let them do it. God was fair with all of them. And, but it was important for Abraham to come and live in the middle of these people. And God blessed him. And he knew kings, and the kings knew who he was. And he was there as a role model for all of those people, particularly the Amorites. And they had every opportunity to know the God of Abraham. They had every opportunity to see God's character, but what they saw in Abraham, they all knew that God made Abraham a father when he was 100 years old and Sarah was 90. They all knew that. And so they had opportunity to begin to believe in that God, but they didn't. They held on to their pagan traditions and they became worse and worse and worse and more and more depraved. And, and one of the worst things that they did is they became the, the practitioners of human sacrifice. They offered their own children uh, to their idol gods, and that, that, that was disgusting and still is disgusting. After these things, Genesis 15:1, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, Fear not, Abram, I am your shield, your exceeding great reward. And Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me? Seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. In other words, I've got a young man that uh, I, I like who takes care of my property, uh, but you've given me no seed. I have no heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be your heir, but he that shall come forth out of your own bowels shall be your heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars, if you be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall your seed be. And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. And he said to him, I am the Lord that brought you out of Ur of the Chaldees to give you this land to inherit it. Now, God didn't give him anything general, or specific rather. God gave him a very general word. You're, you're going to be the father of your heir. Uh, he didn't say your heir is going to be born through Sarah. He didn't say that. So Abraham had no specific word at that moment to believe that Sarah would become the mother of this child. He just knew that he was going to be the biological father of whatever heir he was going to have. That was all that Abraham needed to know at the moment. This is what I found. You know, there have been times that uh, I've tried to get revelation about my future, and some guys are great at being able to do this. It's because of their giftings. I have not been able to do that. Some guys have a master plan that goes 20, 30, 40 years into the future. Chris Hodges is one of those guys and uh, in Birmingham, Alabama. He amazes me. And, but it's his personality. It's the way he's wired, and God has given him a lengthy, lengthy plan. I've always known what God wanted me to do a few steps ahead, just a few, not much. And so it's been as big a surprise to me as it has been to everybody else because I've had to learn to walk it out. And, and, and part of the problem with me is I want to move. I'm a mover. And the minute I get a plan, let's go, let's go, let's go. So God doesn't share with me all 
all the details because I'm a mover the minute I get the details. So God doesn't give me details till it's about time to move. I get them just enough ahead of time to move smartly, brilliantly. All right, here we go, or, or I, I think brilliantly. Uh, Genesis 15, 18, In the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying unto him, Unto your seed have I given this land from the river of Egypt unto the great river, the river Euphrates, the Kenites, the Kenizzites, the Cadmonites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Rephaim, we talked about them earlier, and the Amorites, the Canaanites, and the Girgashites, and the Jebusites. Ten different people groups were occupying the land there. And God said, I've given you the land that belongs all to these different peoples. And so uh, Abraham had that promise. Now, what God had to do next was he's, given, he's called him and said, you're going to be used to bless the whole earth. I'm going to give you a son, and I'm going to give you this land for your son's children to live in. But now he's going to get very specific as to how this son is going to be born. So let's go to Genesis chapter 17 and verse 1. And when Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram, and he said to him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect, and I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him. Now pay attention to this carefully. Verse 4, as for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Now, English was not my best subject. I, I did okay, but I really didn't like it. I was a great student in history, but not in English. But I didn't know enough to know that this is future tense. Verse 4, thou shalt be a father of many nations. Look at verse 5. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham, for a father of many nations have I made thee. That, my friends, is past tense. In one verse, God shifts from future tense to past tense. He says, you are going to be a father. Now, this is when Abraham was 99. 24 years of these dealings we've been reading about from Genesis 12, where we started, to Genesis 17. That's a 24-year stretch. Abraham did not confess a son for 24 years. He didn't do that. He believed that God would give him a son. He believed that it was going to happen. But he had no specific promise to hitch his faith to until this moment. Then and only then did he have something concrete to believe. Now, Look at verse 19. God said, Sarah, thy wife, shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his seed after him. This is the very first time in 24 years that God has said Sarah is going to be the mother. First time he said it. You can't find any place before this time that God said, Sarah will be the mother of the baby. You can see that Abraham's going to be the father, but you don't see that Sarah's going to be the mother. Why did God wait? He wanted it to be hopeless, completely hopeless. You know, the Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 4, against hope, he believed in hope. If Abraham is going to be an example of faith for all the people of the world to follow after, 
then he needs to have a truly hopeless situation because many of us are going to face hopeless, totally hopeless circumstances. Now, I, I really have to admit, I can't think of a great victory that I've had where I was truly without hope. God has done some amazing things in my life, but you could look around and see that loads of other people have experienced those same things, and they're not necessarily total and outright miracles. God's done some amazing things, but I've never really been in those truly hopeless situations. Some of you have been. Some of you perhaps are in a hopeless situation right now. You've been given no hope. But can I say to you, God specializes in delivering people from hopeless situations. Abraham was in a hopeless situation, partly so that he could be a model for you to follow in that he was in a very hopeless situation and God turned things around. Now there's a reason I choose to focus on this. Abraham is the one who began it all. David is living in Bethlehem because of Abraham. Abraham was there first. David is an Israelite because of Abraham. This family that David belonged to and all of their hero stories and all of their legends, and they weren't just legends, they were true. All of the things that they looked to in their culture where God had done great things, all of those things had come about because of Abraham. And so what God was doing was reminding David of how Israel began when he says, this is an uncircumcised Philistine that I'm going to fight over here named Goliath. He is in effect hearkening back to Abraham, who was the first one to receive the covenant of circumcision. And he is basing his faith on the covenant that God made with Abraham. And this, in effect, is what he's saying. What God begins with the miraculous, he sustains with the miraculous, and he finishes with the miraculous. That is, my friends, the law of continuance. And so when you get hit with a nasty trial, ask yourself this question. Did God do all of the great things that he's done in your life? And, and, and may, you, you, you may not be able to say that every day has been great, but you certainly have had some amazing things come. If you're listening to this podcast and you have faith in Jesus Christ, you've already had an amazing thing happen in your life. You have to say, God's done something good for me. Did he do that just to pull the rug out from under you and dump you? That's a treacherous thing. And God doesn't do that. That's not his character. That's not his way. God is the God of continuance. And so there is this law of continuance, and it is the understanding of this law of continuance that gives us the capacity for great faith. This is all the time I have for today, but we will pick up here tomorrow, I assure you. See you then. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.